your hands together for the late morning program with your host, Nam Ross. Hey everyone, how's it going? My name is Nam Ross. This is the late morning program with Nam Ross, and I got Brajananda Prabhu here. <laughs> Nice to see you, Prabhu. Thanks for coming by. This is episode seven. Uh, Brajananda Prabhu is an interesting person. He's a traveling book distributor that happens to be in the area. He called me up and said, hey, Nam, you got a place to stay? I got a few devotees with me. I'm distributing books at my old university. And I said, hey, come on down. And an interesting person, very interesting, very intriguing. Um, thank you for coming on, Prabhu. I, I appreciate it. And uh, I'd just like to, you know, know about you and your what you do and stuff. Because something I wanted to discuss was um, about book distribution. Like some, you know, the the book distribution that was going on back in Prabhupada's time, it it uh, it definitely declined in the amount of people doing it. That wasn't the that's not the focus anymore. Or like in the 80s, 90s, now it was not really a focus. But now I understand the GBC and everyone's trying to bring that back to more to the focus. Yeah. And uh, how many years have you been distributing books for? Um, full time? Um, almost seven years. Wow, full time. seven years full time. Almost, and you just yeah. travel around uh, North America and, and, and do that? Yes, that's really cool. Okay, tell me a little bit about your your background. Like, wh- when did you um, come into spiritual spirituality, Krishna consciousness? Where you're from and stuff like that. Mm, yeah. So technically, I'm from Florida. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But I, my family moved quite a bit when I was younger, so I've also lived in North Carolina a bit, in Georgia and Tennessee when I was really young. Um, but in North Carolina is more or less when I started to get into spirituality. And um, it sort of all started off with um, going, well, when in my youth I was really into punk rock music and hardcore and whatnot. And, uh, like Shelter and Krishna? I never heard of them actually. Oh, you never heard of them? <laughs> never okay. heard of them, no. Right. But, um, um, yeah, but basically that, that kind of attitude of... I guess po- I guess the subculture attitude was in me from age 13, 14 until when I was 19 I was in college, University of North Carolina Charlotte and I was starting to get into different genres and whatnot um, more so I mean I was always listening to you know I like the who and Pink Floyd growing up and whatnot right. and other sorts of genres. Um, but mostly stemming from the punk uh, genre, I guess you could say. Um, but then when I was uh, 19, I started to get really into 60s and 70s music and indie music, like psychedelic indie music and blues and uh, some electronic music and, and whatnot. Um, but actually, you know, I don't want to talk too much about this, but I had a I had a psychedelic trip with mushrooms, which opened my, my mind. <laughs> really? Now tell us about that. That's interesting. That's really interesting. Yeah. So basically, this is the first time I, I ever... I take this off. Yeah, yeah, no problem. First time I ever 
had this experience. I had a, some people have different sorts of trips, but mine was uh, quite <laughs> um, profound. I, I was fully. I was fully in a different world, I guess you could say. <laughs> Some people, they take a little bit and they feel a little funny, and but I was like thinking about life and death and reality and whatnot. And, but I started to believe in reincarnation and the soul. Really? And uh, on a deep level, I have a realization of it. You know, growing up, um, Christian, uh, we have an idea of the soul and God and, you know, like that. But I never really had a deep concept of this until I had this experience and I realized that all religions in the world are just stemming from the same tree that was one of my most profound realizations and, and this realization you got not from speaking or reading to it from anyone you just got it I from was, that experience I was on my friend's couch for hours and <laughs> I was almost like you couldn't even talk to me you know I was just having some internal thing and the Beatles were playing. <laughs> wow. And so maybe that helped me, <laughs> Yeah, I guess, in a way, to start thinking about these things because they, their message, at least what they were trying to portray, was one of unity and love, ultimately. Um, yeah. So <clears throat> that's one of my introductive. But then a few months after that, I was at um, the Warp Tour, actually. just I was there to see a friend's band. I actually wasn't so into the genre um, at that time, I was more or less getting out of that genre of like punk and hardcore and whatnot into um, m more like, I guess, uh, melodic in a sense, um, like no, no more screaming and stuff like that. I, I was yeah. getting out of the screaming and heavy, you know, heavy music and getting more into, uh, I guess you could say chill music, <laughs> you know, yeah. more, more, uh, conducive for hanging out with friends and then just vibing out to music and whatnot. Yeah. So the in the Beatles were I, I rediscovered them. I knew about them when I was younger and whatnot, but then I just rediscovered them and I realized their music was quite profound and they mm. had their lyrics were thought you know, thought thought provoking and whatnot. So um that that was their um, I got a book. Oh, anyway, back to Warp Tour. I was I got a book at Warp Tour. Um, it was Bhagavad Gita. <laughs> at Warp Tour, there was devotees. Yeah, there was a devotee at Warp Tour. A few of them, but I only saw one of them. And I got a Bhagavad Gita, and um, I got a uh, Ishopanishad. Actually, my friend got the Ishopanishad. I got the Bhagavad Gita. But one of the things in the Bhagavad Gita is the devotee had shown me pictures and yeah. there was one in particular picture that I thought I'd seen on a mushroom trip which was um, a lotus flower and then the different um, pastimes of Krishna going on different lotus petals and I I remember during one of in my, in my trip in my mind's eye I was seeing something like that maybe not exactly like that but I was like well I said this to him I said well this is like something I've seen on a mushroom trip before <laughs> and he <laughs> And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he just said some things. I don't remember what he said. Yeah. And I got the book. I had $5 and I gave him my money and I took the book. Um, but I didn't read it. I just, I tried to look at it and I saw a bunch of Sanskrit and I, I just put it on my shelf. I thought it was cool. I, yeah. I held it 
with great veneration and whatnot, but I, I just hadn't didn't have the mental capacity to read it at the time. Right. Or maybe not a deep enough interest. Um, but I started reading other books like by Aldous Huxley and um, Orwell and um, I started reading about other people's experiences with psychedelics because I was trying to figure out like what was that that I experienced and I wanted to know the right. scientific aspects and um, I, and I knew I was on a spiritual journey like that was definitely in my consciousness I'm, I'm on a spiritual journey I'm trying to find my path yeah but it was getting stronger as I got a little older and I got more disinterested in college because um, I used to play in bands growing up I was a singer songwriter and whatnot um, but when I was in college, my band, my band, one of my bands that I was in broke up and I was kind of rediscovering myself in college and, um, I got disinterested from college at, at one point and I, I stopped going to class and doing my homework and I was more interested in, uh, my new band that I had created, mm. which was, I thought very promising that this is what I want to do with my life. We were recording albums and whatnot. Um, but that actually led me to just want a whole change of scene. So I left that band and I moved to Florida. I moved to St. Augustine, Florida. Mm. And that was a really crazy time in my life. I was living with um, one of my best friends and um, from childhood in Florida. He went. He, I knew him from Orlando area and then he moved to St. Augustine and told me about what was going on there. There's a lot of artists, a lot of open-minded people and it was a small town which I liked and um, I moved down there and long story it's like kind of a long story but mm -hmm. um, I lived in six different houses in one year it was like a crazy Whoa. time in my life I met all kinds of people I went to my first rainbow gathering at that time oh right and I went to I went through all kinds of changes in one year and I, I went to my first yoga classes in that year mm -hmm. also and I started to go regularly um, but I was seeking something more spiritual um, the whole time, and, and it was getting my my desire to discover my path is getting stronger and stronger. So at one point in my life, everything got totally like the rug got you know taken out from under me, and I all my material things had disappeared. I didn't have a job, I didn't have school, I didn't have a girlfriend, didn't have a car. My car I got in a car accident when I was delivering pizzas. <laughs> <laughs> and like in one week or two, it was like everything was kicking me out of St. Augustine. Wow. So then I had friends who were, who had just moved to Tallahassee. So I moved to Tallahassee. They were offering me a spot on their couch, one of my good friends and his um, girlfriend. And I was living on their couch and I was vegetarian and I was in going to yoga classes um, when I could. I didn't have any money, didn't have a job. <laughs> so I was like free to do anything for free. <laughs> wow. But luckily, a lot of people were letting me come for free and whatnot. And I went to Krishna lunch the first time. Krishna lunch. Krishna lunch is, is in Gaines. Oh, Tallahassee and Gainesville. Yeah. Oh, they're both there. Yeah. I mean, it's both places. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Tallahassee is a smaller project. So it's basically like a free lunch program. It's not free. You pay oh, five five dollars okay. for lunch. College campus. A, yeah, yeah. You right. get a big plate, and it's really nice. And I remember thinking, this is so amazing. What is this? This is, tastes so different. The sanctified food. Yeah, and then at the same time, I had gotten Chant and Be Happy from a used bookstore, and I started reading that. And you know, I'd always say, even to some friends, I'd say Hare Krishna sometimes, just because I heard it in George Harrison's song and whatnot. Wow. We just say, oh, Hare Krishna. 
you know, I'd write it down. It was just like a fun thing. I didn't think anything more of it. Yeah. But I, then I was like getting more interested, and I met one devotee who had like an interfaith preaching center there, and I was going to programs there, and I was I lived with him for a while, even on his farm. And lived in that building too. And he took me to my first temple, which was Alachua in Gorapurnima. Wow. And it was a, amazing. My friend, actually, that I was living with was the one that convinced me to go. I was kind of like, I don't know. I don't know if I want to go. And he said, no, no, it would be really cool. It would be really cool to go. Yeah. And so <laughs> so then I, I decided, okay, I'll go. And I went. And I remember we sat down. And there was a cure time. I remember going to the temple. It was kind of like... For me, everything was so bright. I didn't even remember seeing the deities. I remember just seeing, like, these figures on stage and this guy wearing a turban closing the gates. And I was like, well, is this guy, like, the protector of the deities or something? Like, or I didn't know they were deities, but I was like, well, he's, like, protecting them. Yeah, he's, like, the guard. He looked like he was, like, kind of well-built or something. You know, to me, it seemed that, that right. he was, like, their guard. And right. I was like, well, this is intense. <laughs> and... Um, <laughs> And I remember sitting down in the kirtan and everything was going. And at one point I just jumped up. I just wanted to get up and dance, you know. Really? So I got up and I started uh, dancing. And um, This was your first experience at the temple? Yeah, and I was chanting and dancing and I knew the mantra. So, right. But they were chanting other things sometimes too. So I was like just trying to go along with it. You know, they started chanting like, Hurray, Nama Krishna, Yadavaya, Namaha. Right. But I'm still going with it, you know. Yeah. Um, and then afterwards we had prasadam and I was just I remember thinking this place is so divine it's so amazing and wow. um, I, my friend was even thinking like yeah well, we should why don't we live here and I was like that'd be cool and, <laughs> but then but then I went back to um, Tallahassee and I forgot all about it and oh then, okay but I remember I was um, anyway it's kind of a long story I don't want to take all of our time up in this um it's definitely a long story. Um, but basically, I got to a point where I had known of quite a few devotees, and um, I knew about New Vrindavan, and I was really interested in sustainable agriculture and whatnot. So the devotees got me in touch with Varshana Swami. Oh. He called me one day, and he was talking to me. And I, and I had had um, uh, some things happen to me that led me to want to just go for it, you know, just do something I've never done before and go outside the box right. entirely. So I was going to drive my, I bought a car for like $400. Like I, I was going to drive this thing all the way up through, stop by my mom's house in North Carolina and drive it all the way up to West Virginia without knowing anybody there. Wow. And I, so I talked to Varshana Swami and I talked to Tapa Poonjpru and he was one that was more or less going to like facilitate my housing and like service. Yeah. <clears throat> but I remember... Yeah, the devotee I was staying with, he was like really encouraged me to go that way. I almost actually lived at another place that was like a Mayavadi place, you know. Mm. <laughs> but he had encouraged me, oh, you should go to Nivrindavan, you'll like it. And he was encouraging me. So I said, okay, I'll try it. Right. So, um, so yeah, I went there and uh, I lived there for a while and slowly but surely got convinced of the philosophy actually i didn't even know what i was getting myself into i didn't realize how serious of a community it was and right. like you know i didn't realize quite a few things i mean i knew how to get up early and whatnot but um i didn't know it was like i didn't know much about the philosophy even i hadn't even read the books barely i just read chant and be happy and i had a gita i hadn't even read had even read so mm -hmm. so i went there and uh, after a few festivals and Sajjananda Maharaj came and I had spent time with Varshana Swami and a lot of other Prabhupada disciples I decided like 
getting more serious and I was chanting 16 rounds every day and whatnot. Mm. But I, I wasn't so fixed, but at one point it was getting really cold and, you know, I didn't like cold weather. So, and my service was kind of wrapping up, you know, winter comes farm, farm service wraps up too usually. Right. So then I moved, I went down to my mom's house and was painting her house for some money so I could pay off some school debt. And, um, that was kind of where I, at that time in my life, I stayed there for like two or three months is when I decided that's what I wanted to do with my life, that I would want to practice Krishna consciousness for the rest of my life because it was very difficult to practice on my own. Mm-hmm. There was no devotees in, in the area that I knew of, at least. Mm-hmm. And I just visit some devotees in North Carolina, sometimes at the other communities like Nukaloka or Prabhupada Village. And I knew Mitra Sena Prabhu and I knew a couple other devotees right. from festivals in New Vrindavan. But I didn't really know... Um, like anyone in my area mm. but at one point I just decided you know I want to live in an ashram and one devotee up in um, up in Prabhupada village he 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 recommended me to go to Krishna house so I I, call, I called Kalakantha Prabhu the temple president of Krishna house mm-hmm. and he invited me to come and so I packed my things up and drove down there <laughs> Wow! and I lived there for a while and um that's when I finally shaved my head and whatnot. I I wasn't living in the temple in New Vrindavan. I was living I was living up in the farmhouse. Mm-hmm. Um, but I sh- I shaved my head and uh, I remember the day I shaved my head. We went to the rainbow gathering and passed out like twelve buckets of spaghetti pashadam. <laughs> we had kirtan. It was really cool because I used to go to those festivals. You know, right. I was kind of a you know a free thinking hippie like them for a while and. I felt like, okay, this is, I'm happy to be who I am now, you know, I'm, I'm, Mm. I feel like this is what I was looking for, you know, even when I was at the Rainbow Gathering, and I, I remember seeing people that I knew, and I was trying to share with them too, I was like, this is like, basically what everyone's looking for, but basically, hardly anyone wants, I thought everyone would be joining, you know, (laughs) but I found out it's like, people have different desires, and, and most people are like, think it's cool, but they won't want to take it full up you know right so yeah anyway i stayed there for a while and that's when i first met radhanaf swami maraj um at the festival of inspiration and i met the book distributors that weekend too and i I saw them (laughs) i heard about them and they were like really effulgent i could tell they're really powerful effulgent people and i felt like um you know, somewhere in the back of my head, I, I like, I wanted to go for like sannyas, like right away. You know, I was like, I was like, so this is where's you, my danda? Yeah, yeah. So this is how you like go for sannyas. I, I, I like was trying to find that program where you get trained for that. Right. And I didn't really, you know, I was immature. I didn't really know what it meant to be a sannyas, but I figured that was like the goal. <laughs> you right. Know? So right. I said, these guys are getting trained for sannyas, so I wanted to go with them, and I had to wait a few months because I had made a commitment in Gainesville. Right. But I then um, Calcanta Prabhu recommended me do the service. He said that those were the best 10 years of his life, just traveling and distributing books. Mm. And he, yeah, he encouraged me to go. And so then I, I remember I jumped on. Um, I was to meet them in Washington, D.C. And it turned out that the bus tour, Bhakti Marg Maharaj, was going to be leaving Alaska, and they were going to be there. Mm. At the same time, when the book distributors were gonna be there, <laughs> so I, I was with the bus tour for a week, 
and um it was really fun actually i had a lot of fun with those devotees mm. um and um bhakti marg Maharaj was really kind to me he's a he's a he's a good um He's good at uh, making feel people, uh, helping people feel welcome, you know, and, right, and, right. and cared for. So that was really nice for me because I was going into a whole new, a whole new unknown yeah. realm of service. But Maharaj was really encouraging, and he, you know, he told me that actually they had picked him up while they were on book di- like the Canadian devotees were on book distribution. He picked right. him up off the street. <laughs> wow! So he had like started. He said that was his foundation. So. Um, I see that yeah. there's a there's a not a trend, but I see that people who came into contact with Krishna consciousness through book distribution, they have um, mm. most of the book distributors came in in that way. So there's like mm-hmm. a real connection between the way you were introduced and the way you want to share with others. Yeah. Uh, so like I know you have um, uh, two other devotees with you and one of them I was speaking to him Kyle. last night yeah, yeah. yeah I was speaking to him and I was saying and he was telling me that how he got a book just a f- you know a little while ago and and uh, and now just a f- you know very new person but he is inspired to travel with you and go and do book distribution and yeah. for those who don't know like book distribution is very difficult like it's it's a very difficult service you're basically going out and meeting people like kind of strangers and approaching them with a book and saying listen this is a spiritual book take this book give it a read and your idea is that they will you know come in contact with spirituality krishna consciousness through that book the same way you did Mm -hmm. so um some people some people say that you know that's um book distribution is not a good i mean i don't agree with that i agree i think that any kind of spiritual there you know there's a whole variety of ways you can share krishna consciousness with people unlimited, book distribution unlimited ways exactly yeah. unlimited yeah. ways it's not like one way is better than the other blah 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 but i understand that Srila Prabhupada, our founder he gave a lot of emphasis on that and yeah. so for someone who would say uh, book distribution is dying it's a dying art it's like not affecting people people don't read books anymore and stuff yeah. you're someone who's on the ground every day yeah. you got a real you, your your head is on the ground your ears to the ground about you you know you got your finger on the pulse of the youth of today you know and and i want to hear from you what you think about that like when people say stuff like that, okay, it's yeah. people don't read books anymore. Yeah. Well, there's a few things to say about this. Yeah. Because um, there is some truth in that. Because some. Are we good? Yeah, we're good. Some okay. people. Dude, you're making faces at me because. You need to swallow. <laughs> <A> what? <laughs> <laughs> That's my wife, everyone. Thank you. <laughs> Please. So. Um, there's truth in that to some extent some truth there um people a lot of people don't read books so then we should have videos you know we should have other media for them but a lot of people do read a lot of people read books um a lot of people read books you hear that (laughs) people read books they still read them people still get affected by them right yeah yeah especially um you know there's different kinds of people out there in the world Right. There's different people. There's people of different levels of intellect. There's people of different levels of 
how they were brought up. Some people brought up no, no, no reading was encouraged in their life. You know, they didn't like reading in school. So generally, you know, I found through talking to people that they won't take up reading books when they're 20 years old. You know, a lot, most of them, if they didn't have that training. When I was young, my mom would have us read books all the time. I would read. Right. I would. I was homeschooled for a lot of my life oh, when I was really young. So we read. We had a whole curriculum of books we would read. So I was reading. Reading was a big part of my life, actually, growing up. When I was a teenager, I got out of it. You know, it's one of those things that happen with teenagers. They get up in social life. Yeah. But um, I started reading again when I was in college for my own self, not just the books you had to read in school. See, it happens a lot of times. Kids get bogged down with all the books they have to read in school because, you know, they're all this big. and It kind of turned... It could turn them off to reading, even. Yeah, but you'd be surprised. If people are readers, they'll make time to read. I mean, it's just, I meet people all the time. And I'll just let you know, you know, I distribute anywhere from 50, like 50 to 100 big books a day. Like, that's an average. Really? That happens, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I, I guess if you're doing it for seven years, you can, you you know, you become good, yeah. at, it. <laughs> good yeah. at it. Yeah, and I distribute pamphlets too, mantra meditation pamphlets. But I was at Hempfest, which is a place where a lot of people are, you know, they're smoking all day. It's a crazy place to be. Yeah. But I distributed a, over 100 books there in one day. And, and these are people that, you know, are maybe too stoned to read, but they're not. They're not. They're reading. <laughs> of course, we're in Boston. Boston's one of the, you know, intellectual capitals of the world. Right. Um, but it was interesting. We were at, um, where we were in Boston Subway, and I was looking around, I saw more people reading books than on their phone. <laughs> what? Yeah, I couldn't believe it. What? Of course, we were on the subway. On That's our way. fantastic. We were on our way to Cambridge, like, you oh, know, okay. Harvard. Harvard, Cambridge, so, I right. mean, you know, obviously, you know, I noticed most of these people got off the bus on that stop, so they're probably, like, intellectual people, but Boston has some, I think they have um, more universities um, than any state. Uh, city in, in in the city so education is a big part of boston i think yeah. philly is tied or maybe um a little more I don't, I don't remember the exact numbers but anyway uh, people who are accustomed to reading and I'll, I'll say you know i get we actually have a follow-up program now and we get a lot of feedback and i meet people on the road tell us about that follow-up program Yes. What do you What do you mean? So it's just been developing the last few years. We have a red a website called KrishnaMonks.com, mm-hmm. and the whole idea KrishnaMonks.com. Yeah, we have the whole idea is that it's a follow up program to help people come closer to practicing Krishna consciousness. Because a lot of the places we go are way out there, and right. not near a temple. I right. mean, I was up in Maine recently. I was up in Vermont, and the closest temple in maine is boston it's hours away six like five or six maybe five hours away i think wow and vermont they have montreal but people aren't going to go over the border very often you know? right and that's two hours too so mm-hmm. you know people, students especially aren't going to travel that often right um so we have a follow-up program and the devotee one of the devotees is traveling with me he actually is ahead of this and we give him emails every day of the or numbers of the people that we meet are who are extra interested yeah and he goes through and he has like an a list a b list and a c list of people who are how much interest they are if they're reading and chanting a little bit they're on the a list if they're reading and just you know trying to do it when they can they're on b list and on the c list is they have an appreciation and somewhat of an interest right you know but the whole idea is to help them to get to the level of practicing and then hopefully come and get training if they're 
able to do that if they're an A-list guy mm. and they want to get training. But my whole point with the follow-up is that we're getting a lot of feedback of people who are reading the books. I think he told me he had 30 people on his A-list the, the other week. And that's mm. those people who are reading and chanting some. Whew. So it's it's happening. Um yeah, so I would have to disagree that people aren't reading books and that it's, I would disagree that it's um, not effective. But I would agree with the fact that people aren't, so a lot of people aren't reading books, so we're also making videos. We're right. also, we also have our little pamphlet that just tells people how to chant. Um, we have so many ways we can get to people. There's so many, I mean, so many programs and um, ways that you can get people you know, I'd like to say that, that um, we can meet people at all avenues, all, all the different roads that they're coming on. We can be right there meeting them. Right. And different devotees have different propensities, and, you know, I respect that. But book distribution should always be a part of education. You know what I'm saying? Like, whether you're out there on the street distributing books, that that's one thing. Or if, or if you're holding a program, or, like, maybe even you're a yoga teacher, then the book distribution should also be... Have books there. I've yeah, seen yeah, yeah, yeah. That and try to encourage the people who are more inclined to take the Bhagavad Gita. I know a lot of devotees who do that. Yeah. Um, so it should be somewhere in, you know, Tamal Krishnamaraj used to say that everyone should be a book man. Everyone should be a kirtan man. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not that we're just like, oh, I'm a pujari, but I'm not a book man. You know, right. if you're a pujari, you should also be a kirtan man and a book man too, because. It's it's just part of the movement. We just it's just like the you know the family it's, business. It's a family business, you know. Right. So you know whatever, you know people like Vaisheshika Prabhu and Navina Nirda, and I'm trying to do my little you know my little bit to follow in their footsteps. They always encourage you know take books with you where you go. Definitely. If you're going to Whole Foods, I can't tell you how many times I've met people at Whole Foods ringing me up, and I see that they have an own tattoo, or you know uh, just they look kind of interested in yeah. yoga and meditation and i say so you into you into the meditation and yoga at all and they're like yeah actually and, and <laughs> that's awesome and i have a book right there and i give it to him oh, wow and i have are you dressed are you when you go like this actually or? i rarely ever dress like this only when i go to temple for those who can't see you're wearing the i'm wearing the traditional, the traditional traditional cloth. monk garb the brahmachari yes. cloth yes um so i only when I'm in transit between temples and whatnot, but usually we're just in Western dress because we go to universities and yeah. and we go to other places where it's actually a little better. I mean, it's a lot better to just wear like what everyone else is wearing. Right. You know, some places are like places people have stigmas. You know, they see this and they're thinking like, you know, religion or you know yeah, something yeah. like that. I mean, but other places they're cool. Other places it's actually like good. These guys are not like everybody else. They're different, so it works out. You just have to feel. The pulse. You know, I remember one time I was on the street and I was in Western dress and, I, and no one was stopping. Everyone thought I was like a homeless guy or something like that. Really? Or, you know, just, but then when I wore this, people knew, oh, this guy's not just out here bumming for change. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Spiritual so, person. Yeah. So I remember I did made that change one day and it worked. So, wow. So we got to be flexible, you know? Definitely. And, and it kind of goes with the same thing with what you're talking about. People say, okay, maybe these people aren't reading and whatnot. Yeah, we just have to be flexible. We have to be able to feel, you know, where these people are at, you know, because we're all preaching in different places, you know. Mm. Um, if you're at one place, you know, you do this kind of program. And if you go to another place, that same program might not work. You know, it might just, people don't, 
feel it. <laughs> right. Um, I was going to ask you, uh, you know, you live a very, like, um, a life of kind of like, that's okay, like an austere, is still in the shot? Yeah. You kind of live a very austere life in the sense of that you travel and you live in a van and you, your van has all the amenities for living, like, you know, uh, you know, uh, cooking and things like that. And yeah. you, and you, tr- and you're constantly traveling and doing this like very difficult service. Like I did book distribution. I did two Christmas marathons. I just want to throw that out because, uh, I, I, I did two Christmas marathons in New York city in the subways and, they were one of the hardest things I've ever done, but the, every definitely yeah. re- really rewarding. But I don't consider myself like a, a book distributor because it, you know, it was just so it was really difficult. So I really admire what you guys do, uh, but I want to know like, um, why why did you choose this life? <laughs> like, what do you get from it? You know, how people say you know I didn't choose it; it chose me. <laughs> <laughs> It's kind of like that. I just had to surrender, you know. It was I what mean, was coming. It was seven, what was coming at me. I just I look back now. It just seems that that was what was coming at me. Seven years that's what, you've been that's doing what this. That's what Guru and Garanga wants me to do. So I just have to surrender, you know. And, and I'm sure you get something from this because you're because you can't do it for seven years without getting something from oh, yeah. it. You got to get the higher taste because I, you know, I've actually seen a lot of devotees come and go. Of course. While I was doing this. Of course. And you know, it's not like. You know, even when you're on the program, it's not like, hey, you know, you're just going to do this forever until, you you know, you're out there and you just die. I mean, that's that's there. That, there's like, I know one Manaji in Vrindavan who's probably about to say, well, she's got that attitude like on the battlefield, sword swinging, you know, <laughs> you know just, just, you know, like to death, you know. So that's there too. I mean, that's definitely yeah, so you have to have some kind of thing. balance. But, you know, maybe Guru asks you to do something else. Maybe Guru is like, you know, I know you're really good at book distribution but i think i I could definitely use you here so that happened to many devotees right um and um yeah it happened to a lot of devotees maybe not everyone who was a book distributor who you know wanted to do something else but a lot of times your authority wanted you to do something else so Mm. you know you have to surrender to that but it's definitely like to get to be able to do this a long time, you have to get a higher taste of it, mm. and you have to get a lot of read. You have to get your reading in every day and do strict sadhana. Right. Um, and you said it's austere. Um, you know, it can be austere, especially when it's really cold out. Mm. <laughs> I don't like cold weather too much. <laughs> right. This time of year is nice, actually. I like this time of year. Yeah. But I can tolerate really heat. I can I can tolerate a lot of heat, but cold is just rough on me, my joints and everything like that. And um, yeah, I mean, I like the sunny Florida weather, you know, that's, <laughs> mm-hmm. but um, yeah, there's sometimes that you have to deal with really challenging situations, like the other night, even with other living entities, and not just your roommates, but, uh, <laughs> you know, sometimes the police pull you over and they think you're doing something weird, like you're in the van, there's all these people there, and you see like all these books and they think you're like terrorist or something like that. Like, you're Did that happen to you recently? Yeah, we were held up for like an hour and a half. In Connecticut the other day, we were at a devotee's house in his apartment complex, and someone we were there waiting for him for like fifteen minutes, and someone called, and then <laughs> someone called know, the cops. Yeah, and they showed up, and the whole thing—it's happened a couple times before, but not that drastic, you know. Yeah. They pulled us out, and they had questioning each of us, and 
And they thought, like, they saw a pressure cooker in the van, and they were like, oh, oh, don't, you, don't you know about, you know, what happened, you know, in Boston? They used a pressure cooker. And I was like, I have no idea. <laughs> That's what they used, you know. I had, a, I had two pressure cookers, so they thought that was weird, because I bought a new one, and I just hadn't gotten rid of the other one, you know. Yeah. And they just made this whole big deal, and then, you know, an hour and a half later, you know, then they're like, okay, thank you guys, you know, you guys have a good night. <laughs> it's like, man, and that's happened to me a couple times, and that's just a big, on the consciousness, it's a big stress, you know, and, and, and it's like, you're worried, too, that they're going to, like, take something out of context and just run with it, you know, and just be, mm. and then, you know, you're going to end up in jail or something like that you know for no reason and then like all this energy wasted later then they're just like okay you guys have a good day <laughs> have you ever been in jail um no okay no no um because i remember devotees in, like long long it doesn't time happen ago. so much it doesn't happen so much no, anymore, no. Right? i've only heard of like the last 10 15 years that fluke thing you know yeah, yeah. um uh, but back in the day devotees would end up in jail all the time oh yeah but now it's like hardly ever mostly the you know, if you're not supposed to be there to shoot in books, they just ask you to leave right. and you can't come back. <laughs> yeah. You know, in, in North America, you know, Krishna consciousness is not, uh, you know, they say that it's spreading so much quicker, like, you know, in Europe and Russia and stuff. Yeah. And the kind of the last place people come to is like North America to kind of preach and to give Krishna consciousness. Why do you mm. think that is like, you know, mm. you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I do know what you're saying. Yeah. I mean, if you go to Russia, I mean, gosh, it's spreading like wildfire. You hear these stories. They have a hundred and some odd Bhakti, Bhakti Rikshas in yeah. Moscow alone. And like, what are we doing here in America? You know, I yeah. think that sometimes. But, um, you know, I've gotten depressed about it before, too. <laughs> you know, because I was thinking when I first joined, I was like, man, a few years? Man, like... A few years, I can just see it. people could be like me and just join up and next thing you know, be like hundreds of brahmacharis. It's like I could see, you know, some revolution coming on. But yeah. it's been slow, honestly. And yeah, you know, I've realized that it's a really slow trickle right now. And honestly, it it kind of boggles me. But you know, I think um, there's a few things to be said about this and and why or how to better it. But I think devotees like. Um, like Dave Marita Maharaj and, and other devotees of his caliber, Guru Maharaj, you know, they really want to focus on the Westerners. And right. when they do, they get results. Yeah. And so I think, you know, something had happened in the past that maybe turned people away from doing cultivation programs or just book distribution or whatever to try to get people in. It, it died down at some point, but then it's kind of been up and down. And now it's on a gradual rise, I think. It was very gradual, you know. I, my friend uh, Yasho Dave. Oh, I know Yasho Dave. He's he's ahead of the program. Oh yeah, Gidanagar. So mm. he he's the milkman, you know, mm. <laughs> the cow. But he also has the Vedic Society in Pennsylvania. Penn right, State. the Penn State, yeah. Yeah, so you know, he he sent me a letter, a message the other day. His Guru Maharaj, Dave Mitra Maharaj, has said, you you know, this university preaching, pro, you know, this is the most important mm. preaching. Um, it, but it's a gradual, pro, it's a slow process to get students. But it's they're the best, want, our best candidates. You know, they're intelligent people. They ha they're responsible. You know, they're kind of a clean slate in yeah, some ways. Yeah, they, they they're like, Prabhupada also wrote a letter. I can't remember the exact reference, but he said this is this university preaching is our most. Oh important. yeah, of course. Yeah, so it's definitely, um, 
actually, I, I go to universities all over the country, and I swear, I, I was in one university, and all these people were taking books, and I said, you know, these kids would join like anything, just if we had something for them to go to right here, and they would go, and they would chant Hare Krishna, listen to Kata, and take Prashadam, and they, they would probably, like, I, I guarantee out of 10, at least one or two of them would become full-time, you know, in, in practice, um, but we don't really have a system of organizing devotees to go create centers at, at universities. Right, the infrastructure um, is not there. Well, and also strength, you know, it seems like devotee who does that has to be very strong devotee and be really, Definitely. and have a lot of um, yeah. support also. You yeah. have to have support nowadays, you know, especially if you're going to do full-time preaching. Um, you have to have financial support and whatnot. Yeah. But there are devotees who want to help, like, like, that's another discussion, I guess. But there are some devotees who want to help that. It's just we don't have any willing um, uh, volunteers who want to go and right. live two or three hours from a temple in a community, you know, with your your wife. And, and start something and start new. Something. Maybe like you're with your wife and one other person and, and you're trying to start something. It is t it's tough. It's yeah. very tough. It's a lot easier to just live in a community and plug in, definitely. That Yeah, I agree with that. But you get a lot of mercy out of doing the... Are you trying to convince me of doing that? <laughs> <laughs> what do you think, Tulsa? Montclair is not too far away. <laughs> you start things like pop-up temples where they just do for like a week, they'll do like, yeah. you know, as if it was like a temple or like those traveling temples they used to do, like, you know, in the back. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That kind of thing is cool. That's cool, but it, the university students need a gradual... Process. They like a Krishna house or something. Yeah, they need that. Yeah. Um, for yeah. someone, for someone who like a devotee who like if they join in the past, you know, fifteen years, there's not much of a training. I would say in book distribution. Yeah. And so I would say I would ask you if some lay devotee just wants to like myself or whoever, <laughs> Grihastha, lay devotee, lay devotee, yeah, like a layman. Uh, <laughs> we want to kind of be, be part of the family business, so to yeah, say. Yeah. How? What little things do you recommend that we do to make a little effort in in you know doing what I mean yeah. what you do on a daily basis? Like I said earlier, you know, you can just have some books with you wherever you go, mm -hmm. and maybe make a like make a date every month to go out and to shoot books, which. Next Friday, Vaishesh Guru is coming to Bhakti Center and he's trying to start that fire in New York City and he has a wealth of experience. Next and Friday. Naveen and Nirda Prabhu will be there too, I hear. Oh, really? And so they have a wealth of experience of how to start these things. Um, so they could even, you know, just they're, just, they're starting that. So you could just plug right in, you know, go right. to New York City once a month. And you're out on the street for two or three hours or wherever they decide. You got a table, you got a little kirtan going on. Like he has a whole setup that, you know, he has a, he has a, um, um, it's called kirtan festival, right? Yeah, but he has a, um, I'm looking for this word. He has a, um, like a model. A model, right. Yeah, he has a model that you just replicate and it works. You know, it's, it's, he has a few different models. You can be the guy going door to door. You could be the guy with a little cart. You know, or a table with the books. You could be a guy who's just stopping people. There's a lot of different models which you could do. Or if you don't, you know, if you're not able to do that, and you just bring some in your 
purse or your bag and you know whatever whenever you go to whole foods or uh, you know i or like some obscure place the carpet store you're getting some carpet yeah and then the guys the guy you're just like look at the guy and you're like hey man you like to read <laughs> you know <laughs> like and, and, and if i swear every time they say yes they'll take a book if they say like i ask them i'll be hey man you like to read i swear if the guy says yes he'll take a book and give a donation like if you're just like having casual conversation how do you, but if like for example if you're in the carpet store like how do you ask the guy for a donation for the book at the end of your um interactions with him i yeah. think this is the best when you're and it's like you know you're saying bye hey thanks for your help and all that hey you know you like to read and the guy's like yeah actually i do it's like here i got a I got some cool books on meditation and philosophy or whatever you think he needs to hear. Yeah. You know, a description of our books in one or two words. Yeah. Um, and you show him and you descri- you describe the books. You know, mm-hmm. my, di- my actually, my pitch is quite short. Like my, my book distribution pitch. Tell us your pitch. Yeah. Tell us about it. Okay. So my pitch changes minutely mm-hmm. based on who I meet, but, um, a common one is at a university. I say, excuse me, are you a student here? And the guy says, yeah. And I'm like, here, we're sharing books on meditation. I'm actually a traveling monk from Florida. What do you study here? Oh, I'm studying engineering. I'm like, oh, really? You must be a smart fellow. <laughs> and, then, and then the guy says something. Like, he might not say anything. He might say, like, oh, yeah. Or he might say, no, no, no. <laughs> oh, we'll see. You know, they say something like that. And we just have a little laugh. And but it's a compliment at the same time, so it's a, it's funny to him, but it's it's still a compliment. Um, and then I, try, I always try to keep it positive, and then it goes straight to the books. Well, this one on top, Science of Self Realization, is an introduction book, whereas the other one is the ancient text, Bhagavad Gita. Um, I originally heard about these from the Beatles. George Harrison was really into them, but also like Gandhi studied them, Emerson, Thoreau. I might list some names that I know, depending. If what they study, you know, if they're right. if they're studying electrical engineering, I'm like, oh yeah, Tesla. He was really into these. Or a computer. Say something about Steve Jobs. You know, he yeah. Cool. You have to like kind of figure their, it out. Speak their language, and then I just say we actually, you know, we actually just doing this as a service. Um, we're totally nonprofit. People leave a donation to help out. Would you care to help out too? I'd be very grateful. And that's all I say. Wow. I keep it. Take my money. Yeah, most of the time, and then there's a lot of ways you can take donations nowadays, so if they say they don't have money, I say, okay, you use your card or Venmo. You have a, oh yeah, Venmo, yeah. you have a People use Venmo thing. on colleges now, all young people, basically, they don't carry anything but their phone, and they use Venmo, and you can, it's an easy way to just give a donation. That's so interesting And they, oh, that's they like doing it, actually. They actually like doing it. It's like, it's easier for them to give a donation on Venmo than give you cash, even, because it's, Cause it's, it's not, like it's like detached, you know. It's, it's a like, total detached thing. You're just doing it from your phone. Oh, it's just Venmo, you know. It's it's Venmo. It's, yeah. It's, it's really funny how people, how they, you know. It's working to your advantage as oh, a book distributor. There's sometimes it doesn't because they don't use that and they don't carry anything on them. But I get free books away all the time. Mm. Actually, I'm quite ahead on my. You know, I keep a, I keep a. Uh, I see how far ahead I am on my my donations. Mm. I try to stay at double the cost of the books, but if I'm way ahead, I just let the books go for free. If they get, if I say, if you get to read the whole thing, and then they say, yeah, I say, yeah. okay, because you don't want to give it, and then they throw it away. Or yeah, something. I just make sure they get to read it. Yeah, I say, would you read the whole book, or do you just want a pamphlet? And honestly, if if they just want the pamphlet, they'll take the pamphlet. If they want the book, they'll take the book. Yeah, no problem. And I have not had any problems with Lakshmi, Lakshmi donations. No problems. 
I've been very liberal. Yeah. And I've tried to get my score down to zero, <laughs> you know, where I'm right even. Yeah. But it's hard, actually. I, I, I'm really liberal, especially lately, after the summer tour, um, the warp tour. It's mm. like you get way ahead because you're out there all day, you know. Mm. And um, I still, it's hard for me to get down, honestly. So if I'm, I find if I'm just really giving and liberal and open, just just trying to share. That's like my whole mood. Actually, when I'm out there, I'm just trying to share Krishna consciousness. I'm not trying to get anything from them. I'm just trying to give them. Wow, amazing. And, and in that consciousness, every Krishna will take care of everything. You never have to worry. Wow, that's really great. That's so awesome to hear. Um, so you should probably wrap up, but uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, we're actually going to take take you to the university right to join the other <laughs> to join the other group that you have that's uh distributing books i just wanted to kind of do like a quick fire round now just different questions uh, where do you see yourself in 10 years oh <laughs> <laughs> um I, well right now i can only see myself doing what i'm doing now yeah um maybe i'll do more travel you know navina i talked to navina about it and he said there's different stages of book distributor you know, when they're in their mid twenties, it's like full on yeah. peak of your peak of your physical performance. You know, biggest years, and then you get a little older, you get more in the training. Right. You know, it's kind it's of, physically taxing as well, right? Because oh, yeah, I have a lot of body. Like, I have my rotator my rotator's cuff is all. Uh, I pulled it somehow from the book bag. Well, actually, I pulled it in my van. Oh right, you uh, told me about that. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, someone opened the door and I fell forward when I was trying to he didn't see I was there and yeah and I didn't notice it right away but when I, now it's giving me problems and I've had ankle problems I used to sprain my ankles more now it's going away for some reason I guess it's just some karma yeah um yeah, you get a, doing uh, this service is really intense so you get a lot of like purification in a little short amount of time so at one point I was having all these ankle problems but now it's not there now I'm having this shoulder thing you know and then some other things happen yeah it's always something different it's material world you know yeah <laughs> but but there yeah i mean yeah you, it is hard on the body yeah and i'm still trying to figure out how to take care of those things right so you were saying there's yeah. stages oh yeah in training so, so when you training, get a little older you just see that you know you, you may end up someone like Davina or vaisheshka who tries to get more people into it they try to train people you know so yeah. i can see that i'd probably get more into that uh, I'm just starting to get to I've, tr I've probably trained up 10 full-time full guys so far at least preliminary training yeah and um, the last few years maybe mm -hmm. more actually a mm -hmm. lot of people have traveled with me and they know some things but I've just helped them I think just try to adapt the same mood that I've gotten from my you know my mentors and gurus and whatnot I'm just trying to help people get a taste for it and want to continue and I find like if anyone does two years of book distribution full time, they're steady. They're 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 able to do anything after two that. years. Yeah, they're able to do anything. They could they could probably manage a temple with just a small amount of training at that point. They got the power, you know, because mm. you get a lot of power from doing this. You know, you learn how to conquer. You have to conquer your mind. You know, you have to For learn sure. sadhana. Oh my gosh! Yeah. You learn management skills. You learn. Um, financing, you, you learn how to maintain, um, you learn cleanliness even, um, you learn just like all sorts of things. So you could probably, after two years of 
like a brahmachari living in a van he can do anything after that mm. most likely he knows shastra i had my i'm, I'm working on bhakti vaibhava studies right now really yeah and, and wow. so you get your bhakti shastri you get you can do all these things while traveling right right and it's nice because you can make your own schedule a lot of times like yeah. I, I i set aside a whole part of my day i just read yeah you know i, I knew i had to do that you need, yeah, you need to do that. Yeah. As a, to be self-disciplined. Uh, yeah, yeah. At one point, I wasn't doing as much, and I was feeling weak. Mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, my mentors were like, you got to do less of something, maybe even Sankirtan, and read more, because it's going gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna to be the thing that keeps you going more. And I found that it's really helped doing that. So I do at least an hour and uh, two hours a day. Yeah. yeah, I remember when I when I did book distribution there in New York City, I I gave out I was giving out this book and the per, a few people were like, hey, but have you read it? And I was like, oh my god, that's so such a good point. So then I that's okay. Then I finally <laughs> then I read it was like one of those little books like spiritual yoga or something yeah, yeah, like yeah. Rishabh Dave like yeah hugs dogs camels and asses like I know that's a page. pretty heavy book. To that's a heavy book. Yeah, because like I used to give it to um to like some ladies and they'd be like, oh my god, yoga! I love yoga! And they're just like some yoga person, but but the inside first, the first, first thing, thing is, is like, have you seen that book? Yeah, I mean I've heard. Oh my god, we it's, used to joke heavy. about that book. It's heavy, man. Yeah. It looks so it looks a lot different than what it says. Yeah. But I think they, some people would appreciate that actually. They'd be like, All right. Some direct this is, this is a pretty bold book. I like that. Like there are some books that a Prabhupada wrote, like he wrote them, and then there's books that are like <clears throat> they're lectures, like yeah. they're like derived from lectures and or put together, books, right? The, yeah, or the Bhagavatam. Yeah, yeah. That, <clears throat> that spiritual yoga book is one of those. It's, it's from like the Bhagavatam or lectures, I think. Maybe it's lecture. Is it lectures about? Yeah, it must be lectures about about yeah, that verse yeah, or something. Those um yeah the Rishabhadev's instructions. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, that's another topic. But uh, I have a question. Yeah. What's up? Um, I know in some temples they um you know they, they have a publications team. They might put together. You know, I know in England they put together like the Veda book. Which yeah. you know, is have you seen of, that book? Yeah, I like it. Yeah, awesome which is book. kind of like directed more what they feel would be more accessible as a starting book, or yeah, you know, obviously people still buy Bhagavad Gita, and are, yeah. some people will just be you know immediately drawn by the, yeah. you could say traditional books. Mm-hmm. But do you feel there's like a need for a, a new book that you would find easier to kind of get out on the streets? Yeah, or? yeah, I think. Um, a lot of devotees are thinking like this. Um, it doesn't have to be like a new book. It can be like a, it could be Prabhupada's words. Just we just tailor it, and right. like we don't change the words. Of course, we just we just arrange it in such a way that it's like nicely. Okay, this is the first chapter. It's about the soul. You know, it kind of like mm-hmm. science of self realization. Actually, I feel is sufficient. Mm-hmm. Um, I just should be thousands of them a year like and people signs of self-realization i've heard so many people yeah they just read that book and they change like some people say i just i became vegetarian from reading that book and they read that chapter thou shalt not kill and it made sense to them and Mm. you know they became a vegetarian so yeah i mean there's definitely i think if you're like 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 david mitamaraji wrote that book um hiding in unnatural happiness Mm. and people like to take that book i haven't gotten any direct um feedback of students reading it but i'm not distributing it personally um but i'm sure if i talk to the devotees in philadelphia or in new zealand they probably get a lot of people who would tell me oh yeah people really love that book especially intellectual people um 
but it's it's definitely a nice thing to have those little books for introduction because mm-hmm. I know Chant and Be Happy was the first one I read, for example, and that's a lot of different things. It's Chant Prabhupada Conversation, it's Makunda Mirage, George Harrison, George Harrison mm-hmm. and it's a lot of different content. I'm yeah. just wondering, like, in a few years' time, some of the kids are going to be like, oh, who's George Harrison? Or, like, you know, some of the references yeah. become, you know, historical. Like that cartoon I made? Yeah. Did exactly. you see that? Yeah, 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 yeah. The one about with that old devotee was like, Alice Coltrane and, and the Beatles love this book. And he, they're just, like, approaching some millennial kid. And the kid's like, yeah. who even is that, you know? Yeah, you have to feel that. I don't say always the Beatles, but actually, most people know who the Beatles are. Of course. No, no, no. We're not, the, we're, not, the, we're not that far from... No, 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 no. I'm just saying in, in, in the future. Yeah, of course. Yeah. But yeah, it's, yeah. it's actually... It's kind of a cool thing to like those bands. You know? Oh, yeah, yeah. It's Classic like, rock. Yeah, it's a cool thing like that. Yeah. Especially when you're in college. But, right. but um, yeah, I mean, definitely you wouldn't want to be, like, dropping names that no one knows, you know? Yeah, yeah. I, I always feel that out, too. If I can tell if I'm talking to, like, a, like an African-American guy, I probably, like, will say Tupac. Right. You know, because Tupac read Bhagavad Gita. Really? You didn't know that? It's one of his, I did not uh, know yeah, that. Yeah, I found this out, that what? he liked Bhagavad Gita a lot. Get out of here. <laughs> that's what I heard, yeah. And that's, I read it online, too. That's so really interesting. I always drop that. and Of course. So, you know, he... And um, I heard Martin Luther King Jr. read it, too. So they always know these guys' names. They always know... Of course. Um, Gandhi. Everyone knows Gandhi, you know. Yeah. It, 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 it's just things that you know people will know. Some people, if you say Thoreau or Emerson, they're just like, what? Yeah, Maybe Those yeah. guys, you know. Um, but, you know, you got to feel it out. You got to see, like, where your audience is. Mm. Um but yeah, like she was saying, we should have, you know, we shouldn't be like totally like outdated and, <laughs> yeah. you know, we're, 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 we're saying words that no one uses anymore and mm. things like that. No, Prabhupada wants us to use our intelligence. He wants us to become independently thoughtful brahmanas, you know, mm. and to judge a situation, time, place and circumstance. Um, it's very important yeah very important okay um and okay another question for you was if you were on a island stranded on an island what three things would you bring with you Mm. is that how the question goes could i bring anything with me yeah that's right yeah i can bring anything with me any three things well bhakti siddhanta said that if that if, if you couldn't bring anything on a ship with you um, and everything's drowning, you bring Chaitanya Charitamrita. Yeah. So I'd have to definitely bring Chaitanya Charitamrita. Yeah. Um, you know, one side of me wants to say Bhagavatam, Bhagavad Gita too, but, but I maybe have to be a little practical. Like, um, <laughs> I bring maybe some cloth and um, uh Probably have to eat too, right? So maybe a knife or something. Maybe well, you can make a rock into a knife. Um, yeah, it's true. You... <laughs> I'm trying to think of something that you, you could use, like over maybe something to make fire. You know, like oh, a to flint, make fire. flint or something. A flint, like that. right, right, right. So I could probably okay. I could make my food. I could wear clothes, and I could reach his and charge me to. Awesome. And that could be, that could be it. Awesome. Yeah. So so um, I guess that we can take it to the end. Are you you on social media? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. To some extent. Okay, that's cool. Brajan and Das. Brajan and Das. I basically just use it to post pictures of my journey. So it's yeah, fo- a lot of devotees. Follow him, uh, follow him on uh, Facebook. Really cool posts and everything and connect about book distribution. I'm sure devotees would like to talk to you and anyone get your who advice. Wants, anyone who wants to send me a line, anyone who wants to travel with me, like we can make that happen too. Um, or if you just have some questions or you just want to say hey, you know, sure. I, I always like to connect with devotees. Awesome, awesome, great. Thank you so much. And uh, just, um, I just also, again, wanted to say I, I fully respect you and adm- I admire you so much. And I'm so glad you're here and you came to our house to, to bless us and to <laughs> be with us. And uh, okay. and please come back so we can, so us fallen grahasas can do some service for the for the guys who are out there in the front line. You know, deep respect. Honestly, I can't do what you do, but I'd I'd, I'd love to facilitate you you and anyone else who does this amazing service of trying to, you know, spread Krishna consciousness and and spread spirituality and to help people and to get people out of trouble you know it's 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 so important i think and mm-hmm. uh devotees in north america we need to you know we need to what little you know some little thing that we can do to to yeah. try to push it on and stuff you know and i so we're all on the same page like at least with something like tamal Maharaj also said there has to be one or i think they even asked Prabhupada this they said Prabhupada, what's that one thing that we can all be have in common you know we're all doing these other services and Prabhupada said uh According to Tamal Krishnamaraj, he said Sangirtan. Sangirtan. Yeah, I think Tamal Krishnamaraj asked Prabhupada this, and Prabhupada said Sangirtan. Awesome. So we should at least have that in common right. um, with each, with each other, um, that we find a way, wherever we go, we can have that discussion with each other. You know, like your your Sangirtan experiences, in whatever way, you know, Sangirtan can manifest in so many ways in in your life. Mm. You know, it could be, you know, maybe. Anyway, like we discussed earlier, maybe you're just making videos and you're trying to get people in on videos. Right, right. Or you're you're just like, maybe you just have a program that you run. There's so many different things, but at least we all are trying to, um, because our movement, it's a movement. Movement. It's a movement. It moves. Yeah. Which means we're all trying to do something to help other people become Krishna consciousness. That's yeah. Lord Chaitanya's program, Yari Dekata Kaya Krishna Upadesh, mm-hmm. Amaragaya Guru Hanatari. Yeah. yeah, so we, every, whoever we meet, we tell try them to about uh, tell them about Krishna, and and we become, we, it's, he said, become Guru. That's yeah. what he said. So whether that means, you know, there's a lot of different kind of Gurus, but we can be the Vartmar Pradaksha Guru, which means the one who introduced them to the path of Bhakti. We can, right. we can. Be instrumental in that way in so many in so many ways awesome but i found i will say like a cherry and like kind of like the main thing is i found book distribution is definitely a very productive way to do that if you don't know anything else and you're unsure you know then you can for sure know that book distribution is is effective you're connecting people like right there and if you're really good at getting people in with other ways there's so many mm then then all the power to you too you know <laughs> i think so, that being such a balanced um just from knowing you just you're such a balanced person in all ways like <laughs> you're you 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 know you're just you're appreciating other ways of 
outreach and and stuff you're not saying oh this is the best and we're you're like fanatical you're not like a fanatical person so i think that has a lot to do with i think your success uh, wouldn't you say so like as sometimes you see brahmacharis they can be at least i'm uh, maybe not now but as i when i was a kid i remember brahmacharis being really fanatical and then they just like you're gone because there's not a you know there's yeah. not a good uh balance yeah. there there's no depth to their understanding of right doing. yeah yeah i, I realized early on at least that I had to have a deep understanding of my service and other people's services and appreciation um, and not and I was I was really trying not to be fanatical you know what I'm saying yeah. like I was I didn't want to be like that guy who's just coming and he's just like like a shooting star I just I heard about this and I didn't want to do that mm. you know and I'm still new relatively I guess you could say so I'm still trying not to do that. <laughs> you know? I, I think you're on the right path. Anyway, Prabhu. I appreciate Thank your, you. Appreciate Prabhu, it. I appreciate you for for all of your encouragement. And I'm <laughs> I'm very grateful for your hospitality. They made us... <laughs> well, they made no Chandra farting over there. Hey. <laughs> His face right now is so funny. Hey, what's up, buddy? Um, yeah, they made us lunch yesterday and they weren't even here. <laughs> and we all loved it so much we, it was just really uh, felt felt the love while okay. we were here and yeah we feel your love and we're <laughs> hoping that you feel ours and Jai Jai Hi, thank you so much for coming Jai, thank, thank you, you for all the viewers uh, hopefully we'll see you again next time Hi, Hare Krishna